You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. Telling the love. Awesome. Well, good evening, guys. I am totally excited to be here with you this evening. Uh, my name is Ruben Cordova, and this is Courtney Cobb. And, <laughs> and we have the honor and privilege to be representing the South Bay Church tonight. I just want to extend a welcome to everyone here tonight. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming. I want to extend a special welcome to some sisters that we have visiting from the UK Church. If you guys just want to wave... Uh, And I also want to extend a very special welcome to a sister that's visiting us from our uh, North Orange County Church, my mother, Betty. (laughs) The the lesson tonight is called Being God-Focused. And the inspiration for this lesson really came from the I Will Conference that we had just this past February. Um, the lesson that day was really focused on how we have and how we show our love for God, particularly when it comes to our actions, our daily lives. So one of the most memorable parts for me was the banana part, if you guys are familiar with that. But essentially the core of that part was saying, you know, it was trying to illustrate how we go through our day giving time to things, going through school, going to work, going doing our homework, uh, watching Netflix, you know, all the things that we put into or occupy our day. And then at the end, we tend to leave just a little something left for God. And that was really the emphasis of that, just a little something left for God. And on top of all of that, we turn around and we expect God to be pleased with that just tiny little portion that we've left him. And... Um, I'm sorry, I'm a little nervous. Uh, (laughs) uh, I know for me that this was probably the most cutting part of the lesson. Uh, It's something that really made me think about how I'm doing in my own spiritual walk and where I focus my time. It forced me to ask some really tough questions of myself. Uh, You know, where was my focus in in my daily life, where, where are the things that my actions are showing are important to me? You know, was it, uh, was it my goals? Was it my wants, my desires? Uh, or was it focusing on other people and focusing on God and, and, and our mission? Am I open about sharing? Uh, am I, again, am I looking at my actions and evaluating them and deciding whether or not those are in alignment with what I think is correct and what God is calling me? Um, so, again, it just really forced me to, act, to check my heart. And so I want to begin tonight with a scripture uh, in 2 Timothy 3, verse 2 through 5. And when you get there, just give me an amen. So it says, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, 
and having a form of godliness but denying its power. Not do, I'm sorry, have nothing to do with such people. So, a little heavy, a little intense, for sure. <laughs> but Paul lists out all of these traits and characteristics and then tells us very directly, don't have anything to do with these people. And while it doesn't say so explicitly in this, uh, in this verse, it's also, I think, important for us to kind of evaluate that we ourselves can't be described by any of these terms. Just as we do in the sin study and we study out what sin is and we ask ourselves, you know, what are we guilty of? I think it's also important for us to take a look at this list and go, wow, you know, can I be described in any of these ways? Are my actions telling people any of these things? All right, and uh, can you all hear me okay? Okay. Um, (laughs) So uh, this scripture really makes me think, like, what kind of Christians are we? Are we striving to be righteous and godly, and are we truly following Jesus? Or are we like the people listed in the passage? Are we um, lovers of ourselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, arrogant? Um, and um, Or do we look like uh, Jesus' disciples, or do we look like the world in which we live, which is self-serving, all about instant gratification, and doing what makes us feel good and satisfied? And with every comfort that we have, how would you respond if you were called right here and now to give it all up? And so that brings us to our next scripture, and that's in Matthew nineteen sixteen through 24. And we also have it listed up here, too. So uh, it says, just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, there is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. And so here's a man who had so many things, and Jesus told him to give it up, uh, give it all up to follow him. And what are some things in your life that if God told you to give up in order to be truly blameless in your walk with him, would you struggle to give it up? And what's getting in your way of being, of truly being focused on God? And from the moment we become disciples, our life's mission should cease to be about us and, um, and our desires and become, and it should be, sorry. <laughs> It should become uh, focused solely on God and his mission, which is to seek and save the lost. And are we being focused on his mission? Next slide, please. And so um, there's a quote that I really, really love by C.S. Lewis, and it says, If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did the most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. And so we're all bearing fruit in some regard. So it's either bad fruit or good fruit. Everything we do has some kind of a consequence. It has some kind of a result. And so if we, and so the fruit that we bear shows what our focus is on. And if our um, focus is on ourselves, we tend to bear selfishness and self-serving tendencies, division and things like that. And when we focus on God, we bear uh, unity, more disciples, goodwill amongst one another, and so on. 
And so, um, you know, sure, we want to make disciples and we want to be known by our love for others, but let's face it, that doesn't always happen. Um, we aren't always effective in our walk. We stumble. When we lose sight of God, we become the Christians that C.S. Lewis uh, described. We become short-sighted and we become ineffective. And so um, living here in L.A., you know, there's so many things that come up on a daily basis that can lead us to be preoccupied and uh, cause us to take our eyes off of God. And in effect, we become weak in our faith uh, since we're too distracted to put, put our faith into practice. And so here are a few things that can get in the way of us um, being get in the way of us being God focused. So these are, you know, four things. Of course, there's many, many things that can, you know, be distractions and just kind of like. Pick, pick your, pick your distraction. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but one of the main distractions, and at least for me, is like work and money. So, to me, they kind of go hand in hand. You know, we all have to work and we have to make money. Um, and so these are things that are like really essential to us being responsible adults. So, um, but with much like anything else, the more you focus on that rather than God, problems start to arise. And we have such a tendency to go into survival mode that we take matters into our own hands and we, and we completely lose sight of God. And as a result, we find ourselves busier than we should be, uh, so much so that we don't have time for much else, let alone being mission-minded. And then there's the element of financial stress. And so, you know, it's hard to be focused on, you know, what God wants you to be doing and, you know, making disciples when we have a stressor like, okay, I need to pay my rent this month. <laughs> you know, it, uh, things are kind of tight financially. And then... It also doesn't help that things are super expensive. And so me, I'm, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Kansas. And things are a lot Midwest, yes. And so, <laughs> and so things, things are a lot, a lot less inexpensive there. Um, and, and so coming here is like, okay, you know, I really do feel kind of the stress of like trying to make ends meet. I'm like, okay, I have to keep working. I have to, you know, book all these jobs and stuff because I'm a photographer. So it's like booking all these jobs so I can, you know, pay my rent and pay my bills and everything. And so it's really, um, it's really easy to kind of lose sight of like, okay, I need to just kind of chill out a little bit. But yeah. Yeah, I can relate too when it comes to uh, work and money. You know, for me, I think it's more along the lines of let's find, really trying to climb the corporate ladder. Um, There are plenty of opportunities that come across my desk where, you know, more time is needed, more energy, more devotion, if you will, to to solving this particular problem that that comes up. And it's it's easy to get caught in this kind of cycle of I I work all these hours and how could I possibly do anything else but work and, and, and give myself over to, you know, the bottom line. And, and figure out these problems that are, you know, plaguing us. So, uh, you know, work and money is obviously going to be a huge distraction or can be a huge distraction for anybody. Uh, entertainment. So Los Angeles, I mean, we're a cornucopia of this, right? We have entertainment everywhere we turn around. We have so many movie theaters, so many amusement parks, so many great food venues. Food is my huge weakness, not going to lie. If you know of a restaurant opening, that's great. Hit me up later. No shame. Uh, but no, these things can absolutely be a distraction for us. You know, we we tend to get caught up in this idea of, well, there's so much here and there's so much of a plethora that's around us. Why not save our time and energy and devotion for like the the best stuff around and really kind of focus in on getting through, you know, the minutia and everything of it and kind of getting to the good stuff. And we kind of take our eye off the ball in terms of God and, and, and walking our daily lives. Uh, traffic. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> when we were writing our notes, I think we talked about this for like an hour and a half. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, Los Angeles is one of those places where we describe distance in time rather than in actual miles. So, how long, or, you know, how far is it to, you know, LAX from here? Well, that's about, you know, 20 minutes, no traffic, with traffic. 45, 50, you know what I mean? And then you gotta get in there, it's gonna take another, you know, 15, 20 minutes. You're only at, you know, fourth terminal at that point, yeah. Yeah, you gotta make it back out after that. It's, there's, there's plenty of, again, one of those things that just comes into our day and it just distracts us from focusing on God and what our mission is and really just keeping Him centered and focused in our life. All right, and then also another big distraction is our schedule. Um, you know, making time for people and God on a very tight schedule, you know, it's it's a little difficult. It's a matter of, oh, you know, I really want to hang out with you, but I have all this stuff to do. Let me get you on my calendar sometime in the next year or so. And um, and so, and it's like, you know, L.A. is very, very fast-paced. Like, there's so much going on all the time. And so I feel like that pace of life can lead to transactional relationships. So it's not a matter of, oh, let me see, um, you know, let me get to know you because, wait, yeah, I really want to get to know you as um, as a human being. But it's more so, what can you do for me? What can I get out of this um this friendship or this relationship because, you know, I don't have a whole lot of time. So I got to do this, 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 that, and the other. And um, it's really tempting to, um, you know, not take the time to be focused on God and then also being focused on the people that God's put in your life. So I've had the opportunity to live outside the state of California. I was born and raised here in, like, the Norwalk and La Mirada area, but I recently took a job about three, three and a half years ago in Tucson, Arizona. And, you know, if if I'm... Yeah, all right, Tucson. <laughs> One person. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Uh, but if I'm, re- you know, if I'm being realistic, I think of Tucson as a very small city. It's just under a million people. And when you go up in a place where it's like 14, 15 million people in the LANOC area, one million people is like, ah, oh, this place is tiny. It's a little, little stick in the middle of the desert. What's going on here? Um, but, you know, even living in that kind of environment, I really noticed that there is a marked difference in the pace of life. People slow down, especially on the roads. But they, you know, they slow down a lot. They really take the time to get to know the, the people around them. The interactions aren't necessarily transactional as much as they're, oh, hey, I've never seen you here before. Like, everybody kind of more or less knows everybody. And it's, it's just a very, it's a different feel. It's a different type of environment. And it was the same way in Kansas, too. It's like, okay, there's there's not a whole lot going on there. Um, and so you have, so you have like, quite a bit of free time. And so in that time, you know, you can, I feel that it, you know, really lends itself to being able to get to know people a lot more deeply. And so living there and then living here, being able to see the difference. And, you know, there's challenges there. There's challenges here. It's just a matter of, you know, what are, you know, how can we uh, work around it? So there's a lot of opportunities to fill up your schedule with stuff here. Um, you know, there's a lot of things to distract yourself as well. And, you know, you find that you don't have the time to invest in one another because there's so much stuff around. Um, and so, you know, it really becomes, uh, it really becomes difficult just trying to figure out like, okay, how can I make the most of my schedule? So, you know, we, we face all of these modern day challenges and it's important to remember that God doesn't give us more than we can handle. And in fact, God calls us higher. Uh, I like to go to John 13, 34 through 35. It says, A new commandment I give you, love one another. 
As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. So God is immediately calling us higher, and he's, in fact, saying, you have to love people so much that other people have to know, have to see it. And you have to be that example. You have to be that spark, that nudge in their life that makes them go, wow, that, that seems different. You know, that, that's not what I'm used to seeing. So how do we face these challenges? Our first point is to have a heart check. And that really means uh, two things. Uh, have, you know, you need to ask yourself two very important questions. Have you first sought the kingdom? Uh, one of the scriptures I like in regards to this is Matthew six thirty three. It says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You know, especially, there are plenty of points that I'm sure that we can relate to on our Christian walks where they come across something and something just tells us, I need to stop for a moment. I just need to stop and I need to, I need to see where I'm at. Where's my heart at right now? And that's what I'm basically saying. Have that heart check moment. Where, what am I doing? Am I seeking God right now? Is God in focus at this time in my life? Am I showing that in my actions? Second part of that is, have you been trusting God? You know, have you been trying to do things on your own? Have you been trying to take the wheel back from him? Or are you allowing him to work in your life? You know, one of the scriptures I like is 1 Peter 5, 6 through 7 on this. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I'll repeat that last part. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Man. I think that when we do this, uh, we can go through this kind of step or these kind of steps. You know, we can see our own imperfections become obvious to us, obviously, um, which actually brings us to our next point. All right. So with all of these challenges, it's like, okay, all these challenges, and I'm really wanting to make a change. Understand, like, it takes time when you have a heart change. Heart change, okay, it's like no cool, but then there's still things you got to work out in the meantime. And then learning how to trust God and focus only on him took and still takes me some time. And after nearly 28 years of submitting to my own desires before becoming a disciple, like this new way of life and thinking it takes some time. And, um, you know, change does not happen overnight. And so that uh, takes us to uh, Romans 12 and 2. And it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so um, this um, reminds me of, well, there's an analogy I always like to talk about. And so you might see like this really run-down, dilapidated house on the picture. Uh, so I, so this analogy I have is like, you know, just adjusting from living your life for yourself to being um, God focused as a disciple is kind of like this dilapidated house. You know, you can picture it like this house is completely run down. Shutters are hanging off, windows broken, doors missing, um, chipped paint, missing stairs, holes in the roof, shingles hanging off, grass so high you can find a car underneath it. Um, so like the house is in complete disarray. And so this is who we are when we're in control of our lives and when we're Lord of our lives. And, um, but when we become disciples, Jesus becomes Lord of our lives and we're no longer in control. We're no longer the owners of our crumbling, run-down, deteriorating houses. Jesus is. And now you'll notice that there's still some issues going on with the house. Um, you know, I mean, look at it. 
it's it's a mess. And uh, so the issues that you had with your house while you were in control are still there, even though Jesus is now in control. And so change can happen, and it will, but only if you allow Jesus to truly be Lord and do the transforming work that only he can do. And just like in an apartment complex, having new management uh, doesn't automatically change whatever issues that are there. Um, Excuse me. Uh, so it's um, so this commitment, dedication to change, and allowing the management to do their managing work is what facilitates the change. And um, you know it's a process, and you know those shutters have to be placed, replaced one at a time. The windows have to be replaced little by little. The grass needs to be cut row by row. It doesn't happen all at once. And after years of being used to doing one thing or being one way, change takes time. And um, and so, you know, also like at a, an apartment complex, you know, your landlord wants to come in and make the repairs that your place really needs. But if you don't give him permission to come inside, nothing will ever get repaired. And so it is with God. He has the power to completely transform our lives. But we have to let him and we have to allow him to do what he does so perfectly. And when we stop focusing on the state of our dilapidated houses and start focusing on the one who can fix it, that's when we can start to see change. So... <laughs> Our last point is to hold on to his promises. Uh, so the Bible is full of really great promises that God makes for us, and I think it's important for us to take note of these. As Whenever you go through your own studies, hold on to one of those promises that really resonates with your heart. Um, this one in particular is my favorite. This is no we- it's from uh, sorry, Isaiah 45, 17. It says, No weapon forged against you will prevail, and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and this is their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Oh. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then for me, <laughs> and then for me, uh, the scripture I like to hold on to is um, Psalm thirty-seven, twenty-five through twenty-six, and it says, "I was young, and now I'm old; yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread." They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be a blessing. And, you know, the times when I'm tempted to, um, to not rely on God and to take matters to my own hands, um, and then, or, and also the times where I'm tempting to compromise my integrity, um, in order to make money, um, holding on to those promises really, uh, sent, helps to center me and remind me of, uh, who God is and what He can do and what He will do. And it's like with so much going on in our lives, it's tempting to focus on ourselves and our wants and needs, but God is calling us to rely on him and to do what he says and to focus on him. And when we focus on him, everything else falls into place. So in spite of all of these things that uh, I think most of us can encounter in our daily lives that, uh, you know, that have the potential to be used by the enemy to take our focus away from God, it's God has left us his word. And we have to stand fast and ready for the battle that's in front of us. Uh, this can be done, again, by checking our hearts, giving ourselves grace, and realizing that this is going to take some time, and holding on to his promises. And I think if we do that, we're going to be successful in this walk. And uh, I hope that you guys have enjoyed today's lesson. I want to let you guys know that uh, we're excited to be here. <laughs> take care. <laughs>